check, check, one, two. Oh, I was screaming earlier, so that's very quiet. Hello, 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 hello. Okay, there we go. Negative 12 dB. How's that for decimal knowledge, Rob? I'm talking to myself. It's just me today. No Christian. I'm all by myself. She's a busy girl. So it's only me. That's right. It's Lawrence Lewis. Today is Thursday, October 22nd, 2020. This is the Producers Happy Hour, a weekly podcast with normally two producers on opposite coasts. Today is just one producer. Christian's in New York City, probably technically Brooklyn on a stage somewhere. Busy shooting. I'm in Los Angeles, technically Joshua Tree. I'm prepping, but we're exploring what it means to be a good producer while still navigating the coronavirus. We're looking to keep our crew safe. We're looking to keep our industry working. And it's more important than ever for us to keep sharing our ideas and our experiences so we can continue to to keep this industry afloat. Share your stories with us. Are you working? If you are, how? How are you staying safe? How are you keeping your crew safe? Email us, producershappyhour at gmail.com and rate the show on Apple Podcasts and keep the algorithms working in our favor. So Christian may be gone, but I'm here and she is still in the interview that we're going to listen to, part two of our interview with Bidzilla. Yes, Bidzilla. Her name is Sherry Wilder. She is an amazing freelance bidding producer that has been in this industry as long as Christian and I. She's now pivoted into CCO work, COVID compliance officer, still getting used to the title. But she'll be back to bidding, I'm sure, because her experience is considerable. So here we are. It's Thursday. It's late. I know we're going to post this on Friday, so you're getting it a day late, but we're both very busy. She is shooting today. I'm prepping and also doing a lot of voiceover work here in my lovely studio in the gorgeous town of Joshua Tree. So I'm going to throw it to the interview, but there's just two things I want to talk about because we mentioned this, I think, in last week's podcast, Regal Cinemas. They are set to reopen 11 movie theaters in New York State after receiving a green light from Andrew Cuomo to start on October 23rd, which is tomorrow when this podcast is going to come out. So there's a story in Hollywood Reporter. I'll put it in the show notes. But basically, starting October 13th, they started pressuring Governor Cuomo to reopen cinemas in New York City. The Regal Ewok in Times Square put a message on the marquee that said 48 states have reopened theaters so far. Why not New York, Governor Cuomo? So apparently it worked. They're going to open starting tomorrow, Friday or today, if you're listening to this when this comes out. So that's exciting news. Hopefully everyone stays safe, masks on, and I'm sure it's limited capacity. But go see Tenant. Go see Tenant. The other thing I want to mention now, this is from Christian. So this is her part of the show. She sent this through. It was an e-blast for my Yahtzee. Now, maybe this is a little too little too late, but they're promoting a website called saveliveeventsnow.com. They said, with the ongoing talks for successor COVID-19 relief bill, we're still very much in the fight to ensure entertainment workers are included and that the current crisis is addressed as comprehensively as the current crisis requires. We're still very much in the fight to ensure entertainment workers are included to solve this crisis. IOTC is a proud partner of the hashtag Save Live Events Now campaign. Now, there's a lot of these campaigns around. Over the weekend, there was a big festival by Save Our Stages, hashtag Save Our Stages, that was put on by NEVA, which I believe is the National Independent Venue Association. So there's a lot of these kind of organizations trying to save live event venues 
from disappearing because the it's a real probability that that could happen. So thank you, Ayatsi. A little late, but glad that you are in this fight with us. So I'm going to put that website, saveliveeventsnow.com, in the show notes because they do have some actionable items in there that you can help to donate if you are able. Another way is to write your congresspeople to help make sure live events and live event crew are taken care of in the next bill, if there ever is one. Don't get me started. But that's really it. I want to just throw to the interview because Sherry Wilder has a lot of great things to say. Our conversation, as typically it does these days, shifts towards systemic racism in our industry. So we're going to take a listen to that. But first, go to our website, speaking of, click on the tab, do the work. It's a page on our website with anti-racism resources for you to educate yourself on the issues of racism that have long played our society and, quite frankly, our industry. And there's links on there to other actionable things you can do to support the Black Lives Matter movement. Also, take action. Mostly, we're just going to talk about voting. We're so close. Power to the polls. Postcards to swing states. WeGotTheVote.org. BetterNoABallot.com. Those are all websites that can help you in making sure this election runs smoothly. And all I can say is get out and vote, guys. we got to do it. just not the same without Christian. But we're going to take this anyways to Sherry Wilder, known as Bidzilla here on the West Coast, although she bids all over the world. She's an experienced bidding producer with a demonstrated history of working in the commercial production industry. Skilled in foreign and domestic budgets of all levels, proficient in live events, VR, AR, and post-production estimating. Basically, the whole industry. She's a strong bidding professional with over 20 years of experience in the field, Let's take a listen to part two of our interview with Bidzilla. So, you know, one of the things that this pandemic has brought to light, along with activities of various police departments across the country, has been this issue of systemic racism. Obviously, the pandemic is affecting statistically more people of color than not. And when I reached out to you, you know, you said, sure, I'm, I'm I was happy hot to, that day. you were hot that day <laughs> and I loved it. And yes, we want to talk about it. And like I said, you know, we don't want to have a question and answer forum because, you know, we don't want to be the two white people gatekeeping and letting you tell us about your experience. Mm-hmm. But we want to hear, we want to learn. You had some great things to say and, and it echoed, you know, some things Christian and I said on the podcast when the protests were happening after George Floyd was killed was like, how come I don't know, A, my fault, I don't know any black production supervisors that I could be hiring in Los Angeles. Shame on me. How come I don't even know any black EPs that hire me? That's because there aren't any black EPs. There's Helen yes. Holland, right? Mm-hmm. At Little Minx. And she was yeah. freelance right. producing for a long time. I'm yeah. your African-American woman bitter Yeah. on both coasts. Uh, Donald Cager and I started together and Donald Cager is in uh, Sister Christian. He was the bitter at Atherton when I was the bitter at Atherton East or West and East. Yeah. Yeah, See, and Donald and I were the only black people doing it on both coasts, probably the nineties. And then there's a couple, three African-American women I know who are production managers Tanya Spicer moved from L.A. and went to Atlanta a few years ago. There's three ladies here in L.A. I know there are people in New York. I just don't know them. There's one black VTR guy. There's Riff, who is the first AD. 
I have heard of some other black first ADs now that I've been working on TV, but they're all brand, brand new and just starting out and mostly right. came out in music video. So they're yeah. not really at standard yet, but they're getting there. They need to be given a shot. I should have been an EP 15 I, years ago. I agree. 100%. But I can't, I couldn't get looked at. I couldn't, can't get hired. I still don't get considered. I don't get called. People don't think of me when they want to hire somebody. I get that I am not easy and that I'm opinionated, but I'm no more opinionated than any other Becky and Karen that we both know. Mm. Or so, any other man. What, right. You know, it's, it's shameful that you have to even right. say that. You know, it's like, well, I know I'm opinionated, but think about all the men who get through and get by because they have their strong opinions. And, and, and have or, been sitting in the room with those men when their opinion has been wrong. Or yes. yeah. can't tell you how many times I've looked at boards, even recently, like, are you fucking kidding me? You can't say this. You can't yeah. show it this way. Mm-hmm. This is, no. And... Literally, I was at a company, and this was the beginning of 19, and there were boards that came in that were egregiously racist. Mm. And I was like, you guys, really? And they were like, I know, we have to soft pedal it. No, you have to not pedal it. Yeah. So that didn't help me. You know, that got me frozen for a hot minute. Wow. And I'm like, you know what? Good riddance. Now, when you call me... You know, like, I don't have time for you. It's, you know, I was very, very heavy in starting out. And I had gastric bypass 10 years ago. So I've lost 160 pounds. I thought that would make a difference. You know, Mm -hmm. because it is about Uh, optics, right? It is Mm -hmm. about optics. This business is, yeah. Very much so. And that makes a difference. I thought it would make a difference. It did for a minute because it was interesting. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, I'm still black. Right. I'm still black. I still know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about it. And I still will be pushing us questions. I still will be pushing and assert my opinion. And mm-hmm. so that isn't always welcome for me. I kind of don't care. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I was raised in a family. My father taught me to always question, to mm-hmm. always ask the question. So I always ask the question. My parents taught me to speak truth to power all the time. My mom may not like how my attitude comes off and they may not have liked my tone all the time. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. <laughs> However, I didn't earn the nickname Tonella from some friends <laughs> without good reason. But sorry, not sorry. You know, yeah. like right. there are many, there are a couple EPs right now that make my stomach hurt. I'm proud of them, but I'm like, oh, you were mm. coordinators and I taught Man. you everything. You were mm-hmm. coordinators when I was a head of production. How you, okay, so you PM'd on the line. You never produced, and then you move up, or you produce one mm. thing because the director liked you, and then they own the company, and then, like, mm-hmm. I, and I can't tell you how many women, uh, white women, who I have shown, taught, helped, who are on yep. panels and talking about all these things right now and doing all this stuff, and I'm like... Uh. No, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, systemic racism is everywhere. We're all liberals and we all think it's all good because we all are very blue or, and, you know, or they're purple if they're not blue and they're not telling you, but well, they uh-huh. lean, doing right? Part. Right. They're doing we all, part. Oh, yeah. you know, and we don't see color. Bullshit. <laughs> you, should. you know, I, the thing I still, I had someone say this to me last year, only because we haven't worked this year. You speak so well. I wanted to kick <gasps> him in the neck. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's a, I know. I that's speak a direct well punch. because 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I speak well. That's because my grandmother was a college graduate. And, you know, everyone in my family, I'm the least educated in my whole family. Everybody has advanced degrees in my family. I just have a measly BA. <laughs> so, yeah. Everyone in my family has masters and doctorates. So, yeah, I speak well. <laughs> I speak well. Yeah. And honestly, Lawrence, I didn't want to go out in March. And I didn't. I feel mm-hmm. like it's not. It is not my turn. Mostly not not that it, no. I don't it's not that it's not my turn. I feel like I did that already. Yeah. Now I get to sit in the position where I get to decide where I spend my money. Right. Exactly. I get to sit yeah. in the position of who I endorse and I've I vote. Yeah. I, I have nice. all the Black Lives Matter masks that you could have. I have all kinds of hands up, don't shoot, I can't breathe. You know, mm-hmm. I have fists up, you know, I have all the great masks. I wear them every day, unapologetically on my sets, you know, the whole mm-hmm. nine. But I don't want to march. I wasn't prepared to march in COVID for sure. Yeah. But I was proud of the millennials that went out there. And I mm-hmm. hope all the white people weren't performing. That's yes. the thing I think that is is I mean, frustrating more than anything is performative allyship. Don't perform. Be yeah. it or don't be it. After the May thing when it sort of died down in like late June, I'd get phone calls from some of my white girlfriends like, so just wanted to ask, no, don't ask me. I'm not here for you to ask me. And they know me well enough to be like, okay, we thought, I thought I would, but yeah, I'm not. <laughs> but, but can I just ask you? No, no. Go do some research. There's yeah. all kinds of stuff online now. We already told you. <laughs> yeah. Or go look at the email I sent you in 2018. Like, I don't have anything to say today. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it's, it's, I'm tired. I'm 51 Mm -hmm. years tired. And I've Mm -hmm. earned, yeah, it is kind of pandemic era. I can't lie. Not all the grays died. (laughs) (laughs) That just looks like highlights on Zoom. It's highlights. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, it's, I've done my part and said my piece. But now I vote with my wallet and my feet and my voice. You know, like Mm -hmm. my feet in terms of where I walk to my things that I want. Yeah. But I don't know that I have time to march in the streets unless it's get like, you know, unless he decides he's not leaving power. Then, of course, I'll be out there with a pitchfork and a torch. (laughs) But then if we're not, then then we have a big trouble. Exactly. Yeah. 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 We haven't had the same conversation with a friend of mine. It's like, you know, we did the marches in COVID. We were out there and we're like, oh, my God my knees and, <laughs> right. and I had the paintball guns pulled on me twice. Uh, I'm like, okay, maybe this wasn't this again. This, well, the this mask is, covers the gray beard. So yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And so you I, still I, got we, a lot of hair, Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> goodness. But so we had to have that conversation with each other. Me and a good friend of mine. It's like, okay, we can't physically fight. You know, we can't physically be out there. We have to defer support. to the young people on that we, one. It's yeah, we have to defer to the young people. Let the people thank goodness. You know, whoever's out there still in Seattle and in those cities that are still mm-hmm. fighting, thank goodness for them. And we're finding other ways to support mm-hmm. them, not just with our money, but mm-hmm. any way we can. And, yes. and that's very true. And so, a lot of people out there who are listening, there are other ways to do it. Yeah, we're the new, I guess the generation that can afford to fund the generation who's out there right now. So we should be doing everything we possibly can to help their knees. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> help their knees. Help their knees. And in our Christian, our privileged seats as white producers, we have the ability to 
make some changes from within. I just filmed in a town in Texas and, you know, you just ask your production manager to hire as many BIPOC or women as you possibly can. And then I know that I had 50% women on my crew when I was in a southern town and that was amazing. Yeah. Because <laughs> we didn't get shit say, done. <laughs> I'm not really inclined to hire women. And mm-hmm. it's because I would pick people of color of any whatever their affiliation with the gender mm-hmm. is over just women over just women mm-hmm. because just mm-hmm. women always defaults to white women always yeah. always always it okay. and so therefore good, good. Mm-hmm. i i make it a point to do that and then in a side note you know remember street lights yeah yes i remember we hired in new york lots of of mm-hmm. pas who are latino and then every once in a while there'd be a black guy who come through street lights mm-hmm, mm-hmm. never heard of any of them doing anything more than ever getting hired as a pa no one ever moved them up no yep. one ever pushed really hard that a lot of them fell out of it because they get one or two jobs and they never did anything else yeah. i'm guilty of not being able to uh, help a lot of them myself not guilty mm-hmm. i would say i realized that i probably might have been in a position to suggest people when I didn't or wasn't sure if I could, but I should have right. been pushier. Right. There's that. Right. And I think Streetlights was one of those things where people perform allyship. Like, oh, yeah. Streetlights will have, like, I still see Streetlights in cost controller notes, like, or agency notes right. in the specs. Please like, try to hire somebody from, from yeah. Streetlights. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, you're not, you don't yeah. move them up and you don't help them. It's a That's, bunch of bullshit. And it's, it's a bunch of, yeah. And unfortunately, they're not trained because nobody takes the time to actually go back. And I could be guilty of this part. No one reaches out to Streetlights and tries to elevate what they're trying to do. Yeah. So that exactly. we actually get qualified. Yeah you know, minority hires that can actually do something. And can I also just say, I am not BIPOC. I'm a black woman. Mm-hmm. I think it's my generation. I'm an 80s kid, right? We, mm-hmm. we learned all the wellness speak, you mm-hmm. know? So what I hear you right. saying is you're calling me a moniker, right? Right. I'm black. Right. We were African-American because that was the, the right, right thing to say. I remember. Time. But I remember now I just want to be, be black. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't okay. need to be lumped in with everybody else. People who want to do that, that's fine. But I, mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm a, I'm a proud African-American woman. I identify as black. Nice. Yeah. Understood. So, yeah. Yeah, I remember we had this, you know, diversity thing come up. I don't know when, t- 2009 or, or, or whenever. That was the solution. Oh, they want a diverse crew. Call Streetlights. Yeah. We'll get a couple. <laughs> but that doesn't, diversity. <laughs> and it's just PAs. They didn't have any. And it's yeah. just PAs. The, yeah. The, mm, the, and the, I, and the, I, the labor force of the crew you know i could see how pathetic and performative that was but again shame on me for not trying to do anything about it i can think of one girl's face and then i can call hope dotson's name for black women who are production managers hope dotson actually might be producing now because she's been a production manager probably for 20 years we've been in the business about 28 years she's Mm -hmm. probably been in for about 18 20 and now she's moved up and then there's one other woman that i met at biscuit actually who is African-American. She works with Callie Nyman, and I can't think of her name. But those are the only black women I know who are production managers. And again, we don't pick streetlights because we know, like the other part is I can't pick streetlights because then if I get a PA who doesn't kill it, then it's like, oh, the black person recommended the bad person of color on my set and they aren't doing a good job, so we can't hire her or them ever. Wow. That happens a lot. 
Wow. Yeah. So you're held to the fire for your course, entire race. Of course, of course, always, always. If I suggest a person who doesn't fulfill their the need and is exceptional, I'm equally dinged for that. So it's hard to recommend people, you know, you, unless you know that they can kill a game. The expectation is so, uh, you can't live up to that expectation 24 yeah. hours a day. And yeah. it's so much more than just the 35-year-old senior producer, white dude, who yeah. you find yourself answering to on a job that is way over his head, that he's never had any experience before, but he's now a senior producer on staff at a company, and you have to answer to every question he has. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just mind-boggling. I came across something similar where I realized timelines are fuzzy. But uh, being <laughs> that's called age. <laughs> it's called age. But uh, I, I can't realized, remember this morning. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I realized, and I was probably a production manager at the time that I got dinged as a gay man on set for hiring an attractive male for a position. Mm. Where they said, <laughs> I "Oh, I never get dinged for that." <laughs> no wonder you think he's good. Oh. <gasps> Wow, yeah. they really said that. Yeah, see, yeah. I was wondering, I wondered, I'm sure that that happens to you, Lawrence, a lot, and I'm sure it happens in the gay community on set mm-hmm. a lot as well, yeah. depending on what you're doing and what the job is and what company you're working at. You know, if you're doing cars and cigarettes and, right. you know, stuff like that, but if you're doing fashion or, you know, clothing yeah, yeah. or yeah. even packaged goods, you won't hear it as much. But the macho yeah. brands, you know, totally. there's a yeah. thing. And, you know, like for you to get dinged for hiring the VTR guy, like I'm not a VTR guy. Like, how do I know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I, you asked for yeah. a diverse person. I picked a person. They were really, mm-hmm. you know, they seemed good on paper. They might have had a bad day, just like Becky had a bad day the other day. Right. That what didn't derail her career and her boss's career on top of it. You know, it's that kind of thing that we have to pay attention to. I don't know how to solve that. I don't know what the solution is. There's not enough people Mm-mm. of color in high enough positions to mitigate that problem yet. Well, that's what we're, that's, I guess what we're, we're exploring is like, maybe it's coming up with solutions to move up the people who would never get a chance, like start opening those doors as the white producers on set. Yeah. Start opening up the doors to anybody who wants to train as like, find out what interests you about the field that we're in, the film industry, and mm-hmm. then start making the introductions into the departments of where to go and finding other like-minded white people to begin those. those well, I think it's, there's two things. It's, it's very local. Getting the, the younger generation, you know, the starter mm-hmm. outers, the PAs yeah. and what have you, and assistant coordinators and the travel coordinators mm-hmm. and the DOT person, whatever. But it's also remembering you got people like me out there mm-hmm. who, yeah, if you uh, you want to do something interesting in your company or you need another EP or you need to think of other, you need to think outside of your box of who you're hiring for that next phase. It's that too, you know. Yeah. It's remembering that the gay, straight, whatever, the African-American, the Latina who's been production managing for 20 years and can't get past production managing, you know. Like, what is that? It's the same thing. Like, don't forget that those people are there too and they get, get to move up. Give somebody a shot. It's just, I don't think there's enough people in a position to think of it. What they say is, I would do that, but I just got these boards in from, right? you know, and I can't do it on this one. 
You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like 72 and sunny. I can't do it yeah. on that job. Yeah. yeah. My turn. <laughs> right. You know, like you, right. they got a board in for, you know, a car thing. And now they're hesitant because it's a car thing. And the director only has three cars mm-hmm. on their reel. And so now we have to bring the A team because I'm scared to use anybody else because I don't want to give a shot right there. Yeah, that's that's a big part of it too. Well, people are now nervous again that, you know, they're just starting back to work and so they don't have room for anybody new. It's a very selfish time and I think that that's th- this is the absolute time to begin to do it. If you yeah. haven't been doing it, then you need to be doing it. Yeah, I know. And I don't know how to force the issue. Making it more, I mean, I feel, and pardon my interruption, I feel like the more, more that I talk about it, it feels the more people are willing to talk about it. Who are you talking about it with, though? And how does it resonate? And do you think you're actually having a conversation or are you affecting change? That's, mm. you know, like mm-hmm. you got to evaluate, like we had this great conversation a month ago. Well, what has happened in, the, in that four weeks? Follow up. So, yeah. Right. Because we talk a lot. We're really good so at much. it and oh, we're yeah. really good at it in our b- yeah. business because mm-hmm. that's our, I mean, especially as commercial people, you know, we're all oh, a little shit. bit shy. You know what happened last selling. week on this job? You <laughs> right? know what's going to happen next week on that? Yeah. Like it's war stories. Yeah. And plus we're selling stuff. We, you know, yeah. we've got to figure out how to sell snow to the Eskimos and then rain mm-hmm. down on them, you know? <laughs> so, I, yes. yeah, we're skilled mm-hmm. at this. <laughs> Well, so now you've inspired me to reach out to this Orlando PM that I used two years ago on a job. He said it was the first time anybody's ever asked him to look outside the box of not hiring white men. Yeah. <laughs> and mm. so I'm going to follow Where's my pin? I'm going to follow <laughs> up with him. <laughs> I'm going to follow up with him and say, how's it been going? Because yeah. the first AD that he introduced me to, Robert Green, I use anytime I'm in the South now. Oh, great. No matter what. I That's love awesome. I, yeah, we got along pretty well. <laughs> he just did good. something for me last week. But that said, I would never have met him if I wouldn't have asked it, right? So following with a, up with that PM and finding what he's been doing yeah. would be an interesting thing. Yeah, right. exactly. And see if he's been able to force the issue on any other jobs and mm-hmm. say, what about other people outside of yeah. the world? Yeah. Yeah. I think a safe way to go is art department. And I was like, yeah, we can totally art department safe. But why don't we try grip electric and camera? Yeah, mm-hmm. like camera. What? Yeah. Where are that black ads? You know the technical things that require right. expertise. Like I said, there's one black BTR guy that I know of. Right. Yeah. You know, so I may be missing people. I hope that I am. You know, right. but I I don't know that I am, and I want <laughs> to be. You know. Yeah. But on my 200 person crew in television, where I know some of the names have slid in from commercials in between, there's two guys: Transpo, one set deck. Mm-hmm. Wow. wow. Lots of Latinos, though. They, oh, yeah. yeah, it's it's L.A. Just like in yeah. New York, it's a little bit more, but not yeah. really because it's all but, Irish and Italian. Yeah. See, and the Latinos also blend really well. Even if they're not speaking English, they still blend better. Right. They can, everyone can see me. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. So. Sherry, thank you so much for spending the time chatting with us today. Well, it's my pleasure. I would be happy to come back whenever you need me. Absolutely. We'd love to have you back and hear what happens after your show ends. That would be great. Thanks, yeah. you guys. It was a pleasure. Wow. I was, you know, so you want to be doing a good job, but you always realize you can be doing so much fucking more, people. I know. I mean, yeah. we could be doing more. 
I mean, it's just not about what you are doing or what you have been doing or, you know, and what kind the, the point is, is what kind of difference is it making? Right. And what actual so, difference is it what making? What actual difference are you making, Christian? Well, okay, you're right. So let, why don't I find out? And why don't I find out how to make a better or bigger difference than what I currently think that I am? Right. Rather than just rather than just talking about it. <laughs> Performative yeah. Christian. Yeah, I got it. Thank you for that lesson. Yes. Well, Lawrence, the show is edited and co-produced by Bra Bloomkey. Artwork and logo design by Christopher Daniels. And our music was composed by Kyle Puccia. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Once again, we're back next week. Until then, stay safe, stay connected, and get your voice heard. Stay active. I got my ballot. Get out there and vote, guys. Get out there and vote. And wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Clean your phone. Wear a mask. And it sounds like we need to get out some pool noodles. Get some pool noodles <laughs> to keep yourself distant. <laughs> Send us your voice recordings and your emails to producershappyhour at gmail.com. Lawrence, how can people get a hold of you? Voiceoflawrence.com for voiceover work or lawrencetlewis.com for producing work. Christian, what about you? People can get me at sisterchristianproduces.com. Bye, y'all. Bye.